0: everyone, welcome to Creepy Inquiries,
1: a podcast dedicated to all things creepy, spoopy, and true crimey, with your hosts,
2: Miss, Kevin, and Edie, your friendly neighborhood queers. No.
1: Y'all are going to have to help me up wherever... We just jumped off of today, because Kevy got COVID over the weekend. They we
2: did. Kevy got COVID Kevi for got episode COVID.
1: 100.
0: It COVID was, uh, um, for Hondo.
1: Never had it before, and it's on its way out, but you know, it still sucked. It happened yeah. over Thanksgiving weekend, or Thanksgiving week, so I c- couldn't even go anywhere. Big Ew. Lyra and I were stuck at home.
2: I Rounded. can't believe that you got... Covid for the Henry Kissinger aged episode. He's still oh,
1: alive. I know.
2: Oh God! Let's, uh. I that's how I know magic isn't real. Yes. Yeah. Right.
1: Future episode of the pod, we could do an entire oh, season on. You, no, you know what, Kissinger.
2: <laughs> Y'all just listener, I implore you to listen to the six part. Yes. Series on Henry Kissinger from Behind the Bastards. It's yes, Robert it is Evans so and Dave and Gareth from The Dollop. It is incroyable. Yes. That
1: sounds awesome. And Kissinger I requires six
0: episodes. It's he great. He does. And the comedians make it less jumpy off a building-y.
2: <laughs> Let's see who else we got. We got some would have been hundos.
1: Yes. Okay. Bob
2: Barker would have been a oh. hundred.
1: There you Stay go. And neuter. Come on, down.
2: <laughs> Come on uh, down. Country legend Hank Williams Sr. would have been uh, 100. The Hank Williams Jr. does the was it the Masker song? Or wait, are you ready for some I football? The football song. It's football. Are you ready for some football? It's Hank Williams. Jr. Look at us yeah. trying
1: to figure that out. Oh my god!
2: Shows how much um, I know about. We could both also both 20th be wrong. century, like 21st <laughs> century country and sports.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, tell us if we are in fact both wrong.
2: Kevin, relevant to your interests, Estelle um, Getty. We,
1: yes, would yes, have been yes. one
2: hundred. Stop or my mom will shoot. Uh, Estelle uh, Getty. Uh, 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 <laughs> she tried to clean Sylvester Stallone's gun in the sink with Dawn. <laughs> She's charming. She's funny. <laughs> Who else we got? Oh, uh, Charlton Heston. Whatever. <laughs>
1: Whatever, fuck that. Would have been
2: 100. Johnny Carson's sidekick and big check giver outer Ed McMahon would have been 100. Oh. Big check. And French okay. mime Marcel Marceau would have <laughs> been 100.
0: It's a good oh, list. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. What,
2: what? a list. <laughs> what a fucking list we're here episode 100 we are so excited 100
1: congratulations you two thank you
2: congratulations to all of us we're all sick only one has covid but
0: all of us are sick it's yeah the Death Did us all get sick for episode 100 so uh, only yeah. the best only the best for yeah, our it's listeners. a great
1: even number it also indicates to two years it does this, this is two years episode.
2: years of podcasting yeah, yeah. Uh, i hardly do anything for two years straight no me too i
0: rarely do anything i don't stick to things like this
1: no me either and we've shown up consistently every week <laughs> we have
0: week. we really have I really showed
2: my dad
1: yeah yeah so miss how was your weekend yeah or week it was thanksgiving
0: it was, and I had a lovely time with some family. I haven't spoken today before now, so I'm hearing how husky my voice is. So you're welcome. It's like
2: we got a cold on friends, and she said sang Smelly Cat, and it was sexy. Yeah, Good. yeah,
0: that was lovely. I made some gluten free stuffing and gravy and rolls, and had a big, big meal. And I colored a lot with my niece. And that was a lot of fun. That's because we had a color, a tablecloth that was for coloring for the kids. Yay! The kids all had a great time. They were running around being wild, but lovely. And then the next morning I woke up and had a cold.
1: Kids ruin everything, I know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Besides the cold, it's been great. And besides the day itself, I've just been resting and drinking a lot of tea.
1: Oh, so good.
0: What about you, Edie. I had the
2: most low-key Thanksgiving. I went to my mom's apartment, Mama Fake Name's apartment. Mm-hmm.
1: Wonderful. We
2: had everything, we just had to heat things up because everything Love was it. pre-fab from Whole Foods. Thanks, Amazing. Uncle Bezos. Yes,
1: indeed. I did
2: a gel mani on mama fake name on myself and we watched hours and hours of bake off love that it it was pretty nice it was was pretty nice and then i woke up on friday feeling sick so yeah (laughs) (laughs) kev what did you and big library do in your core giving
1: uh well it was actually it was cute we ordered Tex-Mex, actually. We ordered Just, in we what got is nachos more American? and pozole. And that's ex- that was my argument. <laughs> I was like, what is more quintessentially <laughs> American of two cultural uh-huh. combinations, cuisines, than Tex-Mex?
0: There you go. It
1: worked out nicely. We watched Death Becomes Her.
2: God, that's I nice. love that movie. Death Becomes Her is Robert Zemeckis' greatest movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isabella Rossellini in that film awakens me in many ways and it's one of bruce willis's best performances he's
0: best when he's doing comedy i agree really good i thought a whole i watched it in october just for funsies and it stands up it's still so good
1: it's It's so so good good i just remember how the cgi would blow my mind as a kid especially when Mm -hmm. she had her head turned around i was like how are they
0: doing that that scared yeah. me so That's, much when I was a kid. Yeah. That's Robert Zemeckis,
2: baby. For, for better or worse, dude loves using technology in mm-hmm. his films. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's the most recent iteration of The Witches, which is fucking terrible.
1: Uh,
0: I don't even know. It had that. Anne Hathaway as
1: the um, Angelica
2: Houston. Mistake. Yeah,
1: sorry about mistakes all around. Yeah,
2: yeah, no.
1: Anyway,
2: you want to get down to it. You want
1: to get fucking down to it. So ready to get down to it. Listeners,
0: Kevin and I have been getting so many texts from Edie. Just saying, you guys. I'm working on my TC. It's gonna be so good. You guys aren't ready, and all of the all of the like so. I'm not ready and I'm excited for it.
2: You're not ready. And am I worried that I hyped it up too much? Yeah, but I don't think (laughs) that I did. (laughs) Listener, it's episode 100. I am tasked with presenting a true crime story worthy of today's celebration. There was only one subject I could choose. Only one person could possibly bring us the joy we need on a day like today. For episode one hundred, I humbly present to you, George, George Santos. 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 Oh, <gasps> okay,
1: I'm here for it. She's I need topical. To just... she topical.
0: She is topical. Topical. She's a fucking mess. Oh, well,
1: there's a lot <laughs> to unpack. Oh, there's a lot. By, yes.
0: I'm excited. I'm Girl. excited.
2: George's biography necessarily comes with some caveats. Everything uh-huh. is alleged, not only because many chapters in his life are yet to be litigated, but also <laughs> because much of what we know about George comes from George himself. And
1: mm-hmm. George is
0: one of America's biggest liars.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Which makes him a great American. He's the mo- <laughs> he's the American. Dream. He's a super American. <laughs> he's the most American. He's
2: the
1: uh-huh. like it's that's why I love so much. Which is ironic so because much. doesn't he have dual citizenship?
2: He says he has dual citizenship, but alleged Muslim authorities describe him as American. We'll get into okay. that.
1: Okay. Oh, I figured.
2: Now, listener, in case you didn't know, in case you've been living under a rock, or somewhere that is in America for the last year. Fair enough. Yes. George Santos is at least at the time of this recording at 147 PM on Sunday, November 26, 2023. George mm-hmm. is still a Republican member of the US House of Representatives, representing New York's third congressional district, and is the first out gay Republican in Congress. Yes. That is correct. A dubious honor because it's like. Dubious honor. Yeah, dubious. Like, woohoo. Because you made us hate you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you hate yourself. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. George's status as a congressman could change at literally any time. Any
1: second. I think by Thursday.
2: George's journey to Congress and his tenure in Washington is, in a word, bananas. We'll barely be able to scratch the surface. And his story is very much mm-hmm. ongoing. So. Settle in, listener. Oh, God. For a George Santos speed run in 11 chapters. Oh, my God.
0: 11 chapters. chapters. Is this your first book? (laughs) This is my
2: first book. (laughs)
0: Excellent. This is
2: my first book. It's my first book. It's It's an audio book. It's about George Santos.
0: I'm honored to be here with you.
2: (laughs) Chapter one. Family. George Anthony Devalder Santos was born on July 22nd, 1988, to Brazilian parents. He's claimed dual citizenship in the He's U.S. He's our Brazil. age. He's our he- age. He is 35. Yeah. I am 36 because I am an old crone.
0: He presents himself. He presents himself as
2: both a baby and an
1: old man. It is. Yeah, I yeah. thought
0: he was. I it's a sweater was
1: blazer combo.
2: Yeah. The, yeah maybe yes, that's Kevin, true. that's exactly it. It's a sweater that's, blazer yeah. combo, and the way too stuck in two thousand nine, super thick black glasses. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which don't come look, from my. This is just right this now. is just
2: pure Edie speculation. I don't think those bitches is prescription.
0: I wouldn't be. I would not surprise. I wouldn't me. be surprised. So George claims that he has
2: dual citizenship with the US and Brazil, but Brazilian authorities have described him as an American. We don't when know he's her. gotten in hot water over there.
1: Full on whatever Raya that Kerry, means, we don't yeah. know her. We don't,
2: know, don't her. know her. I don't know her. I don't know her. George would also claim on a podcast in May 2022 that his grandparents survived the Holocaust. His uh-huh. campaign his campaign bio said his grandparents fled persecution during World War II. Ugh, dubious several records show that George's maternal grandparents were born in Brazil and I think lived there their whole lives. <laughs> Isn't
0: that when he claimed to be Jewish?
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Even yeah. though
0: Santos no- is
2: like a super Catholic name.
0: Catholic. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It it
1: literally
2: means saint. (laughs) I think CNN hired like a genealogist to look into his claims (laughs) and like just some, I don't know. It feels like some, when I think about genealogists, I just think about like busybody Utah housewives just getting super into 23andMe and Ancestry.
0: (laughs) Hey, listen, if somebody's got to do
2: it, somebody's got to do it. Mm-hmm. And somebody, some Mormon, has to find those dead people and baptize them posthumously. So that's true. On George's campaign website, he wrote that his mom was the first female executive at a major financial institution. Don't worry about it. Worked in the <laughs> South Tower Pruitt. of the World Trade Center in New York. Don't worry about it, and died a few years later after surviving 9/11. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, she died. There's not less.
2: enough. Don't worry about it. In the world for this story,
1: indeed, everything will come with a "don't worry about it" afterward.
2: Just put it in yourself, listener. George wrote in July 2021. 9/11 claimed my mother's life. <laughs> in an October, <laughs> in an interview in October 2021, he said his mom was caught up in the ash cloud during 9/11, but never applied for relief because his family had it and had the money to uh, treat her and didn't have to get assistance for the medical bills.
0: What a good Republican.
2: And in December 2021, George wrote that his mom had died five years earlier in 2016. So she was in 9-11. 9-11 claimed her life, mm-hmm. though she died fully 15 years later. Fully.
0: I mean, it's not impossible. We see it with other kinds of cases. It's not. It no, is, it's, it's, it's,
2: not it's, it's not impossible. It's not impossible uh, for example, things like asbestos poisoning and stuff happen decades after decades. initial exposure. Sure. But in George's mom, Fatima's case, it is impossible. Fatima <laughs> wrote in a 2003 visa application to the U.S., and in that application, she wrote that she hadn't been in the United States since 1999. Huh. In June 2001, Fatima reported that she was living in Brazil, working as a domestic worker or home care nurse. So she wasn't even in the country by
1: her own... she wasn't a top executive. And she wasn't a top executive. At whatever generic business. At
2: major financial institution. (laughs) Don't ask further questions.
0: At bank company.
2: A priest at George's family's Catholic church reported to, I believe, CBS, that George told him that his family couldn't afford a funeral when his mom died in 2016. The priest said that it, a memorial mass raised a bunch of money for the family, which the priest gave to George. But this mm-hmm. month, in November 2023, Vanity Fair reported that the funeral home never got the six grant that it was owed for funeral services. So George seems to have pocketed money Pattern. from the church given to him for his mom's funeral. Yay.
1: It was a gift of money, you know? Once it gives it to me, I don't have to use it for that purpose. It it's was like- a
0: gift. Chapter
1: 2. School. George says oh
2: God. Yeah. <laughs> he went to high school at the prestigious Horace Mann School in the Bronx, but had to leave <laughs> senior year because, George says, my parents fell on hard times, which was something that would later become known as the Depression of 2008.
0: Ever heard of her?
2: Oh, he didn't say ever heard of her, that, but it's not really known as that. It's known as like the, it's Great, known Recession. As the Great Recession, yeah. not the depression of 2008, but whatever. whatever but a George. spokesperson for this fancy dancy school told CNN that there was no record of George ever going there. George also claims to have graduated with a degree in economics and finance from Baruch College in 2010. The math there is already a little fucking weird, right? Because he yeah. says he'd have finished high school in 2008, but then would have finished a four-year program and half the time to graduate from Baruch in 2010. Now, George, why did he graduate high we school two years that.
0: late? He should have graduated 2006. We would have graduated in he 2000. He would have graduated high
1: school in six. Yeah,
2: maybe yeah. he would have graduated in high school at six. Yeah. Okay. let's let's be charitable and say that he would have graduated high school in 2006 (laughs) and then he could have gone on to Baruch College and been in the class of 2010, Um, except (laughs) and get very, very used to me saying this. George lied about that. A representative at Baruch told The New York Times that there was no record of George being in the class of 2010 at all, let alone any record of George being a volleyball star there, which is another claim that he <laughs> made. I Why? went there. Not only did That's... I go there, I was a volleyball like, star.
0: Can't you just no. check that with a yearbook? It's so easy. All you need is a yearbook. Checkable. George also
2: said at various points that he went to NYU, which again, like he super didn't.
1: Of course,
0: yeah.
2: Finally, George would admit to the New York Post that he didn't graduate from any institution of higher learning. So he did get his GED. I was going to say, okay.
0: So he never graduated from college, but he may no, have gone. No, he never went to college. Oh, if okay. he
2: went somewhere to college, he didn't graduate, and he finished up. He got his equivalency diploma for high school.
0: Okay, fair enough.
2: Chapter three. Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Ponytails. Ponytail. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> From 2008 to 2011, he moved to an area outside of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, where his mom, Fatima, was then living. It's unclear whether George was living in Brazil full-time or just frequently visiting. Mm. Lots of folks there knew George as Anthony Devalder. And while Fatima struggled to make ends meet working odd jobs... Anthony often seemed to have money himself and he flashed cash <gasps> around pretty
0: freely, but Ooh-hoo. nobody knew if he had a job or where it any of his money was. Sounds like another Anthony we've talked about before.
1: <laughs>
0: Gig <Gig-neck>, anyone. anyhow. <gasps> Oh, can totally. you imagine
2: George Santos with Gignac hair with a Gignac chest?
1: Yes. yes, I can. That Bob Mama. Oh. That
2: beautiful cascading
0: waterfall of a George bob.
2: Santos really does give me Gignac.
1: He really, really does. It reeks of Gignac. It
0: reeks of Gignac. It reeks of Gignac. It reeks of Gignac. It reeks of Gignac.
1: <laughs> it's
2: at this point that we have to talk about Kitara Ravash.
1: That's right. Do we know yes. this name? Welcome to the I stage. Don't.
0: Katara. <laughs> I'm very excited now. <laughs> Kevin, who's Katara?
1: Katara is the drag persona of one Mr. George Santos.
0: Oh my God. Yes. yes.
2: <laughs> this is the name that George allegedly used while allegedly performing in drag in Brazil. Allegedly it's not in alleged. It is
1: on video. I was say, and then he also he's, has recently confirmed that. Yeah, he did confirm.
2: Sort of, yes. Okay. Sort of, so, yes. Now, why is this even important? It's kind of the coolest thing that George has ever done, right? Well, because Congress George is a far-right asshole who joins his straight colleagues in being vehemently anti-trans and anti-drag. For example, in April 2022, George posted a video on Facebook in which he supported Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in his (coughs) push for laws banning teaching about you know, sexual orientation and gender identity in school at all. But don't say gay. In the video, George accused Democrats of, quote, wanting to groom our kids.
0: Don't know what that word means.
2: In a tweet from January 2023, when the Katara photo first surfaced, George wrote, The media continues to make outrageous claims about my life while I am working to deliver results. I will not be distracted nor fazed by this. (laughs) <laughs> Finally, about a week later, George admitted that it was him in the photo, yes. but denied that he like was a drag performer saying my favorite George quote ever. I was young and had fun at a festival. Sue
0: me for having a life. <laughs> so it's okay for you to have a life when you're young and at a festival, but everyone else is grooming kids. Exactly. Exactly. He's actively
1: trying to take those moments away from whoever the new guitars exactly like, are.
0: Fuck you, That's, George. I would love <laughs> to Fuck sue you, George.
1: Zayper. Jesus.
2: But Brazil for George wasn't all being young and having fun at festivals. He also managed to get himself in some hot water.
1: Mm-hmm, not no. a jacuzzi.
2: George was nineteen. Brazilian court records from that year show that he was charged with stealing a checkbook from a man his mom was caring for and Mm, wrote 700 mm -hmm. bucks in bad checks. That case kind of languished for a while in Brazil until George got famous over here.
0: And started and became an American congressperson. That's right. In
2: January, 2023. (laughs) Just after George was scorned into Congress, spoiler alert, Brazilian authorities reopened the case against George. George settled the case in May by admitting that he used a checkbook stolen from his mom's employer, and he's been ordered to pay almost $5,000 in restitution. Good luck collecting on that, Brazilian yeah, authorities. Right?
1: Good luck, Brasilia.
2: Chapter 4 Marriage. When George got elected, he became the first openly gay Republican in Congress, which, again, dubious honor.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's very Serena Joy from Handmaid's Tale. It's like, I'm the woman who is out there talking about how women are terrible and shouldn't have any rights. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. His campaign bio said he was married to some guy and lived with him in Long Island with four dogs. But George was never on the campaign trail with a husband, and reporters at the Daily Beast couldn't find any marriage record for him in New York. When George arrived on Capitol Hill in January 2023, he wasn't wearing a wedding ring, which by itself isn't, you know, necessarily anything. Not everybody wears them. Yep. Sure. But in 2019, George did divorce a woman in Queens. According to marriage and divorce records, the marriage lasted from 2012 to 2019. What? <laughs> there's some suspicion that he was married to a woman who was Brazilian, potentially to do a fake marriage to assist her First. moving oh, okay. to the United States. I see. Which is yeah. a big no-no.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: As somebody who has gone through that process. Yeah. Yeah. They you warn know, you a million a times. Ahead. You can go to jail for like 10 years for that. I don't know. Any investigation that might be going on into that is still ongoing if it exists at all. But huh. in 2014, while this marriage was happening, George sent Facebook invites to friends to celebrate an engagement dinner with George and his then boyfriend. But that then boyfriend told reporters that that party never happened because he didn't say yes to George's proposal.
0: <gasps> oh, why would you send out the party? He
2: sent out the party invites no. before he got the
0: yes. Bro.
1: George, Georgie, I would Georgie. love
0: a sprinkle of that confidence. Oh, I know. I know. A I can sprinkle like, of
2: it. I see what I think he's doing, which is like, well, I'll just put the public pressure on it. The engagement party's already happening, so, like, he's going to have to right. say yes. Yeah, he's a manipulator. To save face.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. He's such a He's a, a liar. liar. Love is dead. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Chapter five. Charity work. <laughs> oh, God. George's campaign bio claimed he ran a foundation called Friends of Pets United. Stupid name. Stu.
0: Friends of Pets United.
2: George claimed this charity saved 2,500 dogs and cats between 2013 and 2018. But, you know, the organization had no social media accounts, no IRS records, and no record of registration in either New York or New Jersey where George says the charity operated.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: The New York Times looked into it and found that Friends of Pets United held a fundraiser with a rescue group in New Jersey in 2017. And for that fundraiser, they charged 50 bucks for people to go. But the rescue group that threw the event said it never got the money and that when they asked George about it, he'd make excuses and just kind of kick the can down the road.
0: It's like a and the point. Times
2: reported that George would take checks written to his charity and cash them out under his favorite alias, Anthony Devalder. Wow. He's
1: okay. just a straight-up grifter.
2: He really is. He's a con artist. He'll grift anything. He'll grift yeah. anything. Okay, now we have to take a quick journey to Bummersville, but I assure you that it will be brief. Okay. In May 2016... A disabled U.S. Navy veteran named Richard Ostoff was living in a tent in central New Jersey. He learned that his dog, a pit mix named Sapphire, would need a $3,000 surgery. A vet tech told him that a guy named Anthony Devalder could help him raise the money. So Friends of Pets United put together Mm. a GoFundMe Mm -hmm. that got the money for the surgery. But George refused to hand over the cash, and Richard's dog died less than a year later. George has of course denied this story, but as of February this year, the FBI was investigating the situation, including text messages from 2016 between George and Richard. Whether anything comes from that, right. I mean I'm kind of doubtful.
0: But I would doubt it. But I'd doubt
1: it too, yeah.
0: But just like morally, so fucked. Like how I don't know how you could I don't know. I can't live with can't. myself when I'm rude to, like, a delivery driver. Like, oh, God, it keeps me yeah. I want it, that vet I tech's
1: name, by the way. I know. I want names. I know. Who was that vet tech I that know. was like, Who was oh, that a Holder would be good.
2: One of George's buddies or whatever. Oh, maybe. In late 2017, a checking account in George's name wrote nine canceled checks to eight different accounts owned by dog breeders with the memo section reading either puppy or puppies. Oh, my God. In November 2017, George was charged in Pennsylvania with theft by deception. George said (laughs) his checkbook was stolen. Yeah, right. And the charge was ultimately expunged in November 2021 after a friend helped George out with the case. I don't understand how this guy has so many friends.
1: I don't understand. And also, you're right. And I was going to say he has a lot of check issues. He
2: loves check fraud. He loves it. He loves writing bad checks. He loves writing checks and canceling them. He loves it.
1: He's into Czech culture. And who knew? I didn't know. Who like grandma culture. Yeah. It's <laughs> the sweaters.
0: It's what makes him seem older is all the check
2: fraud. On a maybe related note, George's animal charity, Friends of Animals United, would hold adoption events for dogs and give people puppies from a breeder. For an adoption fee to folks who thought they were adopting abandoned dogs and not just like buying dogs from maybe a puppy mill. Wow. Oh. Okay, that's it for Bummersville. And remember, folks adopt, don't shop. Always adopt. Back to the fun zone. Yeah. Chapter six George at work. George first ran for Congress in 2020. When he did that, he filed a disclosure showing $55,000 a year salary from a business development company called LinkBridge Investors. George wrote that he worked as a vice president at that company, where he said that he connected investors to hedge fund managers.
0: For $55,000, you run the company?
2: That's what he said. Yeah, he's a VP. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though he did have a working relationship with Linkbridge, the company's founder testified under oath in a 2019 lawsuit. Oh, fun, unrelated, Ooh. but it sounds like Linkbridge was fucked. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that George was just a freelancer who worked on commissions selling sponsorship for events.
1: Of course she did.
2: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. George didn't win his congressional race in 2020, which is really a shame. He started working then at a Florida investment firm called Harbor City Capital. When George worked there in 2020, he said he managed a fund worth $1.5 billion. and said <laughs> he could get record returns on investment of anywhere between 12 and 26%. Now, non-money honeys, those numbers would be masterful if, and this is a big True. if, they were real.
1: <laughs> if they were real.
2: You get true That same year, CNN reported that a customer told George that they checked up the company's promise that they had uh, Deutsche Bank's guarantee on their investments. They said they talked to Deutsche Bank and Deutsche Bank said that that guarantee was bogus. George reportedly replied that Harbor City's Capital's guarantee was 100 percent legitimate, <laughs> but George was lying. Almost
0: pathological at this point. I know. He can't fucking help Go himself. full on
1: pathological.
2: Yeah. In April 2021, the Securities and Exchange Commission accused oh Harbor City Capital of being a Ponzi scheme. The SEC says Harbor City stole $17 million from investors. Harbor City's assets are currently in mediation, being managed by an independent receiver. But George himself wasn't accused of any wrongdoing with the Harbor City thing. Incredible. This guy fucking rules. Incredible. George gets out of everything until now.
1: George it's is a getting very slippery, wriggly. It's like an eel. Nope. George is
2: out. He's out. He's just a slippery, slippery little fish. eel getting out of there. Oh, you
0: little sea snake.
2: A month after the SEC came for Harbor City, George incorporated his own company called Devalder. Just Devalder. Yeah, just Devalder. <laughs> In a December 2022 interview with the outlet Semaphore, George said his job there was to help rich people buy the fun shit they wanted. So, like, say a client (laughs) wants to sell a plane or sell a boat. It's so hard for them. Because it's so hard for them. (laughs) So he's like, okay, a client wants to sell a plane or sell a boat. George says this is how he would do it. Yeah. He would, like, broker deals. He says he would mm. go out there within my Rolodex and be like, hey, are you looking for a plane? Are you looking for a boat? I just put that feeler out there. So a salesman? Apparently, yeah, he's, like, a broker. He brokers That's... sales between rich people for fun stuff. He says that he brokered the sale of a $20 million yacht this way. Again, I $20 million. Literally dollars.
1: sales, too, at times. <laughs>
2: Well, financial disclosures from his 2022 congressional campaign show that George says he made between three and a half and $11 million from DeVolder before the company was dissolved in 2022. So like big range and big money for a company that was around for like a year. Yeah. And like from an unknown. Here's some more tea. DeVolder, the company had no public website or LinkedIn page. In George's campaign financial disclosure, he didn't list any DeVolder clients And he also described DeVolder as his family's firm in one campaign bio, and he said DeVolder managed $80 million
1: in assets. God, he just doesn't know what reality is at times. Or he cannot
0: comprehend consequence.
2: Perhaps no, both. this is like Gregor McGregor levels yes, of yeah, huge lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like this is crazy. Except at least with is... Gregor McGregor, there wasn't the internet.
2: Like no, no, there wasn't the internet, but like 150 <laughs> people died in the middle of the Yeah, no okay,
0: life. listen. <laughs> right. That is different. That is much But you didn't saying. hear about it's it. It's exactly online. the same. Eighty million dollars. He's an all
2: time liar. Yeah. All time. Like not even a realistic lie. Chapter seven. George Goes to Washington. Somehow, some way, George managed to get elected to New York's third congressional district. And some yeah. fucking way, none of the make em ups on his resume or fibs about his life came out until after the election, which mm-hmm. I find super suspicious personally. That's yeah. just an edgy fake name opinion. The Democratic opponent didn't look into this shit, the DNC didn't care. I don't know. It's just fucking yeah, weird.
1: It was wild.
2: Because fucking right after he got elected in December twenty twenty two, reports start flying about George and his fabrications. Yeah. And days after he was sworn in as a congressman in January twenty twenty three, it's only it's a year that. ago. It feels like he's been with us all our lives.
1: I know. It really does. I know. George is he's just such been
2: a warm a blanket. Sorry. It's the sweaters. It's the fucking sweaters. <laughs> 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 it's the sweaters.
1: Everything. And now it's he the needs sweaters. the
2: sweaters more than ever because I'm pretty sure girls on Ozempic.
1: <gasps> really? Hmm. Look, Already starting that prison diet. Look at,
2: though. look at his face. Look at his face now versus a year ago. Seems the type. Days after he was sworn in as a congressman in January 2023, the nonprofit Campaign Legal Center filed an official complaint with the Federal Election Commission, accusing George of using campaign funds for personal expenses like rent, etc. More on that soon. Mm -hmm. Mm. The week after he was sworn in, Nassau County Republican leaders called on George to resign, and his fellow (laughs) New York congressional representatives immediately urged him to step down.
1: Yeah, he was a mess (laughs) Before He's he came, such in. A it was mess. So immediately, Messy immediately,
2: bitch. yeah, immediately. Before we he like, even got you... there, before he even got there. But then Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy needed every Republican <laughs> representative he could get on his side, and so he kind of sidestepped the calls to resign oh and kept Santos under his wing. And only said, like, okay, well, George isn't going to be on any committees. So by the end of January, George would step down from his positions on the House Small Business Committee and the House Science Committee. But, my
0: God, I would have loved to see him ask questions in hearings. I would have loved to see him on the Science Committee. Not for the damage that could have been done, but just for the questions he would ask. I know. I know. If it
2: wasn't, like, serious, if it was just, like, TV. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, also... It's all fucking TV, isn't it? Fuck these fucking fl- yeah. clowns.
1: Yeah. Nothing's real. Yeah.
2: Chapter
1: eight. Babies. <laughs> Bebez?
2: Okay. So George has had a hard fucking time in Congress. But recently he's found a new way to try and deflect attention. Oh, God. Babies.
1: Babies. His
2: own? No. Picture it. Washington, D.C., October 13th, 2023. George, like many members of Congress, is under fire from pro-Palestine protesters going through the halls of Congress to put pressure on members of the House and Senate. Mm -hmm. George, unsurprisingly, is in the hallways yelling at these protesters, calling them human scum and terrorists. But here's what else. For at least part of the exchange, George was holding a two-month-old baby. Someone's baby. Who's when asked baby? whether the baby was his, George replied, not yet.
1: What's that, what? That's, what a that That's a threat. That's a threat. Whose baby is that? Come get it. George, what also, is Also, why
0: is there a two-month baby there? Georgie, I don't know. That's a question, right?
2: Also in October 2023, the New York Times published a long set of interviews with George. At one point, George said that his five-year-old niece once vanished from a Queen's playground and was seen 40 minutes later on a CCTV camera with two Chinese men. dun 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 dun.
0: This is... By the way, those New York Times
1: reads are really good. I've read them.
2: The the New York Times, like the long-form interviews, the Times generally sucks. They're reporting generally is, like, uh, center-right neoliberal bullshit. But these Santos interviews rule. So good. George said that he thought his tough stance on the Chinese government made his family targets of the People's Republic. George told interviewers, Look, I don't want to, like, conspiracy theory. But, you know, if the shoe fits, right? So you do want a conspiracy theory. The Times went to the New York Police Department to follow up on George's claim. An NYPD official said, "We found nothing at all to suggest it's true. I'd lean into uh, he made it up.
1: Made it up.
0: Listen, for once, I'm I, I agree.
2: <laughs> I mean, a cab, but he probably did make it up. Yeah, 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 yeah." <laughs> Finally, on November 14th, 2023, George was again seen on the house floor holding a bottle and feeding a different baby. What the fuck is happening? This time, though, the baby's identity was quickly revealed. The baby was the grandson of 36-year-old Colorado GOP representative Lauren Boebert.
1: Kill me now.
2: Wow. Lauren Boebert?
1: Yes, she's a fucking... Uh, never
2: mind. Yeah, her son just had a her. She's her a
0: son grandmother. Had a baby.
1: She's her seventeen-year-old son oh. had a baby, and I think she's fifteen.
0: I was gonna I say think, if yeah, she She's fifteen. Seven, yeah, she's it's 14, it's questionable
1: for papers. the.
0: If she has a seventeen-year-old at thirty-six, that's oh yes.
1: yeah, she herself, yeah, yeah, yes.
0: Because, like, she kind of
2: semi-got groomed by her now ex-husband before she started making out with that guy at the Beetlejuice musical. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. That was relatable. Relatable content. Vaping and getting felt up at the Beetlejuice musical. That's pretty... All right, Lauren.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) And then when you get kicked
2: out, you pull a Do You Know Who I Am? Granny's Night Out. Yeah. It's Granny's Night Out. (laughs)
0: Grandma's trying to get it in.
2: Granny's having fun. She's a
0: year older than me, and she's a grandmother.
2: Yes. Can you imagine? No. Think about
0: it. I mean, like I it, can happens. Imagine
2: the pr- it happens. It happens. That was the plot, kind of, of the Sybil Shepherd sitcom. Sybil. I mean, my cool. grandmother was a grandmother. Cibyl was a at young grandma.
0: My grandmother was thirty-eight when she became a grandmother. So I guess it's not yeah. Crazy I mean, it that. it happens. It happens. It's, like, just also,
2: um, it's just also when you're talking about grooming of kids and we were so aggressively yeah. pro-life and then you're a teen parent who probably could have been better off not being a teen parent yep. then your child becomes a teen parent when yep. he's probably better off not being I mean a teen that's parent. common it's a Sarah yeah.
1: Palin thing too it's yeah.
2: a Sarah Palin thing yeah it's a Sarah Palin situation
0: well good good I'm glad I know that now Chapter nine, money stuff.
2: Look, money crimes can be boring. It's lots of numbers and shell companies and documents and forms. But that's how these Richies get us to not pay attention to their bullshit. So let's mm. pay attention to George's bullshit. George lent his own 2022 congressional campaign $700,000 from the Devalder company. Okay. Maybe. Or maybe it was $500,000 that wasn't a personal loan, but he wouldn't say where it came from. Or maybe a $125,000 loan that wasn't a personal loan, but we don't know where it came from. George amended his 2022 campaign finance disclosure documents over and over and over again. Jordan Liebowitz, a spokesman for campaign finance ethics group Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics, told the New York Times, I have never been this confused looking at a federal election commission filing. And there's plenty of reasons to be confused. Yes. <laughs> Georgia's campaign got 25 grand from a group called Redstone Strategies, which never registered with the FEC as a political group. There are also tons of so-called donations from people who either don't exist or claim that they never sent George any money. For example, George's own cousin says that they were dumbfounded by the $5,800 they apparently donated what? to George.
0: They're like, um, no, absolutely That's something I fucking didn't know. not. Yes. Yes.
2: George was also into dodging campaign finance disclosure rules with this one weird trick. He would often say that he had spent just under $200 mm-hmm. at places like restaurants and hotels, like $199 or $199.99. Why? Because that's just under the $200 limit for expenses that political campaigns are required by law to keep receipts for and disclose.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty convenient
2: that he's able to spend just under $200 at so many places, right? Like a charge for $199.99 at a Miami hotel where rooms go for
1: $600 a night. Hey, he was using Priceline. Easy. He's using
2: Priceline. Shatner got him a great deal. Yeah. Not that great of a deal. Kaley Cuoco got him a great deal.
1: Got him a better deal. Yep.
2: Well, FEC data shows that most House and Senate campaign committees across the U.S., like over ninety percent, don't even didn't even report even one transaction of between one hundred and ninety-nine dollars and one hundred and ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents in the two thousand twenty-two election cycle. George yeah. reported forty such transactions. The math ain't math. It's so improbable as to make a person think that maybe. I don't know, just maybe George is lying on those forms. Allegedly. But that can't be right. No. That couldn't be right. insane.
1: And if it is right, the... it it wasn't done by him.
2: Chapter 10, The Long Arm of the Law. <laughs> on May 9th, 2023, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York filed a 13-count indictment against George. Among the allegations were that George fraudulently got $24,000 in unemployment benefits and lied in disclosures to the House of Representatives.
1: This is bottom of the barrel what? grifting shit. This is yeah, it's, like
0: this is employment the simplicity of it fraud.
1: and the blatancy of it is it's dumbfounding. That's the dumbfounding part.
2: I know, I know. It's like effing Marilyn Mosby with PPP loans for COVID yeah. PPP loans. Yeah. That's some that's some Baltimore tea that's for some Maryland
0: listeners.
2: Tea. Yeah. George was arraigned on May 10th and pled not guilty to all charges. He was released on $500,000 bond, which he didn't have to cough up all of it. I think you have to cough up 10%. 10% yes. Yeah. But still, 50 grand ain't nothing to sneeze at. Not sure. sure where he got it. I think it was like a family member.
1: I think, Usually. oh yeah, it was disclosed, wasn't it, of a family it member? It was eventually
2: yeah. disclosed because there was like some yeah.
1: questions of where the fuck he was did like, you get yeah, this I money, George? Never
2: disclose I'll never who, disclose yeah. who I got it from. I think it was like, I don't know if it was, it was some family member. I think
1: it was like a cousin or something.
2: When leaving the courthouse, George said he had no plans to resign. Instead, he said, <laughs> the reality is this is a witch hunt. This is the beginning of the ability for me to address and defend myself.
0: It's so bad.
1: Just opens up the the playbook of 45 and is like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to try that.
0: He's like Hunt, C-D-W, Witch Hunt. Perfect. On October 5th,
2: 2023, last month, the treasurer for Georgia's campaign committee, a woman named Nancy Marks, pled guilty to charges of submitting false reports to the FEC. That's right. The reason why Nancy and allegedly George lied to the FEC was to inflate the campaign's fundraising numbers so that George and his campaign would qualify for a program from the Republican National Committee. Here's the deal. The Republican National Committee, or RNC, the National Republican Campaign Running Group.
1: Yeah, the people that make the circus tent. Yes. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Yeah. The RNC would give a campaign financial and logistical support. Uh, if a congressional campaign could show that they'd raised at least $250,000 from third-party contributors in a single quarter. So George's campaign had to qualify to get those goodies from the RNC, and so they lied about it, mm-hmm. allegedly.
1: They fluffed the numbers.
2: Well, it's... On October 10th, 2023, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York filed a superseding indictment with 10 more counts, bringing the total to 23. These include filing fraudulent fundraising reports with the FEC and repeatedly charging the credit cards of campaign donors without authorization. Also in the mix are counts of wire fraud, money laundering, and making false statements to various governmental bodies. George has pled not guilty, and any trial is a ways away. But his troubles don't end there. They sure do
0: No, they don't.
2: Chapter 11. Vultures Circling. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, shit is piling up for George. So much so that there was an effort to expel him from the House, gaining some steam at the end of October. Yes. Only five members of Congress have ever been expelled before. Oh. Three were in 1861 because they were fighting for the Confederacy. So, you're like, right? nah, yeah. like, okay. you're booted. The other two, Michael Myers, no relation, in 1980, <laughs> and James Traficant, two, got the <gasps> boot after convictions this for bribery. Trafficant. But on November 1st, the House voted down a resolution to expel George. He could right. stay for now. Now, it might sound like bullshit that the vote for to expel George didn't pass. But I get no, why. I get why. Right before the vote, the House Ethics Committee said that it would have news on its own months-long investigation into George by mid-November. So waiting a couple of weeks for more information makes sense. Also, some House members were concerned about setting a precedent of voting to expel someone right. before they either got a conviction or an Ethics Committee report, which also makes sense to me. Yes. I mean, Washington is a super vindictive place. For example, around the same time as this, Representative Rashida Tlaib was recently censured for making pro-Palestine comments. Mm -hmm. So if George got expelled at that point, November 1st, what would really stop the House from voting to expel someone like
1: her?
0: Right.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fast forward to November 16th, 2023, less than two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. The House Ethics Committee, who had been investigating George pretty much since he got to Congress, released a report saying it found substantial evidence of uncharged and unlawful conduct. The report is 56 pages long, and it says that George blatantly stole from his campaign in a bunch of ways. Pocketing donors' contributions, repaying himself for loans to the campaign that were never made, and making fraudulent or otherwise questionable business dealings with donors. And the best part, the part that grabbed headlines, were the accusations that George misused funds for things like trips, <laughs> Botox treatments, and, say it with me, oh, OnlyFans! And I think he's paying for Ozempic with campaign money. That's just that's just an Edie fake name hunch. I mean, just
1: tack it yeah. on. Yeah,
2: yeah. Why tack not? on that Ozempic.
1: Oh, oh, of course, the panel Ozempic. also
2: found... Oh, 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 (laughs) Sampic. Of course, the panel also found that George withheld or falsified information in filings to the FEC and the House and that he didn't cooperate with the investigation, because of course he did, and of of course he didn't. George announced the day the report was issued that he wouldn't seek re election, but he also said that he wouldn't resign. The day after the report was filed, on November 17th, 2023, House Ethics Committee Chair Michael Guest, a Republican from Mississippi, introduced a resolution to expel George once again. And that vote could happen any time after Congress returns from its Thanksgiving recess, but it yep. doesn't have to vote on it immediately because of the right. way Michael Guest files the resolution. Mm. On Friday, that's this past Friday, November 24th, 2023. Oh. <laughs> George went on a three-hour Twitter space with journalist Monica Matthews. Sorry, X space. Whatever. Whatever. George said he is not going to resign because, he says, if I resign, I admit everything that's on that report. He said he'd defend himself to the end of time. He said the Ethics Committee probe was biased and told Committee Chair Michael Guest to stop being a pussy and force a vote on the expulsion resolution.
1: That's right. George also opened
2: the library on that X space. He accused his fellow House members of all kinds of stuff in an effort to show that George's own stuff is no big deal. He said, They all act like they're in ivory towers with white pointy hats and they're untouchable. Within the ranks of the United States Congress, there's felons galore. There's people with all sorts of shisty backgrounds. Which is, like, Ooh. not untrue, George, but we're talking about you right now.
0: Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. This is just what about George also called his colleagues a bunch of hypocrites, saying
2: they had extramarital affairs, partied with lobbyists, and missed votes because they were hungover, and handed out voting yeah. cards like candy so that others could vote on their behalf. Again, fair. But, George, we're talking about you right now. Yeah, Mama. Yeah. Yeah, they're just a lot less messy about it. I know. And, like, this is the thing. This is not a partisan thing. Bob Menendez, future subject of the pod, (laughs) is, like, big time in the bribery and, like, tit-for-tat business.
1: Oh, yeah. And
2: he's in trouble with the feds, and he's a New Jersey Democrat. So, like, it's not necessarily a partisan thing. It's a power thing, and it's a grifter thing, and grifters love politics. Mm -hmm. George said that while he's not going to run for re-election and probably wouldn't run for office in New York again Mm ever— a future in politics might still happen for him. He said, Oh, thank God. I definitely will not be going away. Elected office is not off the table. Finally, George made clear that he wasn't leaving without a fight. These people need to understand it's done when I say it's done, when I want it to be done, not when they want it to be done. That's kind of where we are there. On period. That's a little bit about george santos oh, Kitara. Kitara. Kitara ravash herself
1: mama oh
0: my god it's this it's so mess. much more than i thought <laughs> and there's so much more there's, there's more so much more i know God, these are
2: highlights i just he's i'm gonna miss him when he's gone
1: i am gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be too. miss him I'm going to
2: miss him. He's the kind of, he's the kind of shameless grifter that I just, it's so bad.
1: But he's quintessential Congress material, just just wonderful.
2: He's, yes, that's exactly right, Kev. He's like the perfect example. He's just an amplified example of problems that run rampant in uh, public corruption. You know, it's not, he's not the only person who's doing that. He was kind of right to say in his Twitter space that he's not the only one doing it. But like. Yeah, but
1: that's a whataboutism, you know? Yeah.
2: That's a whataboutism. Exactly. I'm like, we're talking about you right now, George. Right. And you're about to get voted out. And he recognizes that he's going to get voted out. He knows. Oh,
1: yeah. And and he does not want to resign as well because then you get all of your fundraising mechanisms taken away because you're no longer a candidate. And,
0: and then where are you yeah. going to get your Shield. Botox?
1: Yes. All of that. So and I like, understand why if you why stop taking
2: Ozempic, especially yeah. all of a sudden, all that's coming right back.
1: Mama. Thank Mama. you, Edie. Look at oh, this. you're welcome. We, uh, you're welcome. For
2: the 100th
1: episode, we've carved out space. It had to be George for
2: the 100th episode. For George. For our chaos true crime podcast, it yeah. couldn't be anyone yeah. but
1: George. No. Truly true crime on a gay, queer podcast. Perfect story.
2: Oh, I didn't hype it up too much. I hyped it up the right amount. You sure you did.
1: did. You <laughs> sure did.
2: Y'all, you think grifter's gonna I was gonna young grift? and had fun at a festival. Sue me for having a life. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my God, I want that on a t-shirt. Y'all.
1: Yeah. You is. think
0: grifters gonna grift today
1: Uh uh-huh uh-huh
0: you got nothing got nothing on grifters of the past oh my god is this a twofer is this a twofer grifter
1: did we do it
0: again yeah this is a ttt
2: this is the ttt the telepathic triangle of trust is in full force we're all sick we're talking about grifters it's perfect
0: uh-huh yeah yeah, and I wasn't sure exactly if this was going to be as good as I thought it was, but I think it is. And we are going to Town to Amusementville. It's going to be a little cringy, but we're going to have some fun.
1: Yes. Excellent. I love Amusementville. All we need, and that's what we deserve, is fun.
0: I feel like
2: Amusementville is like the Mennonite version of the fun zone. Like, they don't <laughs> have, like, electronics and stuff, but they'll whittle you something. That's great. exactly it, because we're in the past. Yeah. Because yeah, we're yeah. in the
0: past, so we're in amusementville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was really stumped on what to do for episode 100. I wanted it to be a momentous occasion, and I was reading about certain magicians. I found an absolutely h- offensive but hilarious tale. And in the late 19th century, early 20th century, Americans were fascinated by, quote, Chinese magicians. Oh my God. Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Edie, do you know? I think I know. I don't. One such magician was Chung Ling Su. Yes. I
2: know Chung now, Ling Su.
0: There isn't much known about Chung Ling Su's past. We'll get into it a little bit later. But he showed up on the American magic circuit around 1900, 1901. And his career as a Chinese magician took off in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On March 23rd, 1918, Ling Su was billed as the Marvelous Chinese Conjurer and was performing at the Wood Green Empire in London. His set went off without a hitch until the very last illusion called Condemned to Death by the Boxers which was two assistants dressed as boxers would line Mm -hmm. up in a row and fire their guns point blank range. And Chung Ling Su was said to hold a plate above his heart so they could aim. They had aim on where they were going. And he would either pluck the bullet out of thin air with his fingers or sometimes even his teeth. It was seriously dangerous. A lot of times they were using real guns that had only been slightly modified. And it was supposed to fire blanks. And the boxers selected members of the audience to come up and mark a bullet. The bullet was loaded into a muzzle of the gun and fired at Sue, who I said held up a plate in front of his heart so the marksman would know where to aim. He would then drop the bullets into the plate at the right moment as if they had been stopped there. When the audience member inspected what was in the plate, they would see the marked bullet and... As the rifles and the bullets are being inspected, Sue held on to the marked bullets and substitutes as they were loaded into the guns. So right. as the audience, you got to see the before and the after of the bullet. So you were mm-hmm. involved. And like I said, he didn't invent this trick. It goes back to the 17th century and has a long history of malfunctions and deaths. Oh, yeah. Because you're, shooting, you're, shooting, you're shooting guns at people. And firearms are a little testy. Sue had been doing this trick successfully for 12 years and hadn't had any issues with it at all.
2: Yeah, but the, the longer you do a dangerous thing uh-huh. successfully, the greater the probability that it's not yes. going to be so successful anymore. Agreed. That's what I tell my mother when she's like, "Oh, I haven't gotten in a car accident in so and so years, so I don't I'm need like to put that's my seatbelt on." Numbers, it.
1: then it's eventually gonna. That's why I moved from California. I was so afraid. I was like, "Well, the big one hasn't happened. The big yet. one could happen anytime."
2: <laughs> and every day that passes, the big one becomes more likely. Yeah,
1: every time it keeps not happening, then it makes it <laughs> this is more all probable. Very
2: dark, you guys. <laughs>
1: It's a minor peak inside our lives.
2: It's winter time. It's getting dark at like 5.05 p.m. (laughs) Things are are sad. Kevin's got COVID. Yeah.
0: On March 23rd, something happened. Experts would later say that the trick gun was poorly maintained. Somehow a real bullet was entered into what was supposed to be the blank bullet chamber. It's a rust situation. It's an Alec Baldwin situation. This is rust. That's exactly what this is. This is somebody didn't maintain the gun and somebody was shot. Damn. When the boxers fired, the real live bullet hit Chung Ling Su in the chest from point blank range and he ended up dying the following day
1: the the following day damn
0: yeah no he lived for like 12 hours ish that sucks after he was shot what was interesting was he spoke for the first time on stage (laughs) part of his and what did he sound like did he sound super chinese or what (laughs) Part of his mystery came Mandarin, from the fact Cantonese? that he never spoke on stage because he couldn't speak English. Yeah, but that huh? night, in shock, he broke his rule. And after he was shot, he yelled, Oh my God, something has happened. Lower the curtain. <laughs> in, perfect, in perfect loud English. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out, maybe... Chung Ling Su was not who he said he was, but that's for later. Ooh, teaser. Meanwhile, William Ellsworth Robinson, an American magician from Westchester County, was born on April 2nd, 1861, and he was raised in New York City. William's father, James, was a magician as well, and he performed in minstrel shows. Ooh. Minstrel shows were popular in the 1800s, nice. and often depicted white men in blackface for the purpose of exaggerating stereotypes of black people for, you know, fun. I guess because they were so racist that they couldn't yeah. even
2: put black people watch black people on stage mm-hmm. to laugh at them. No. The mm-hmm. black person
0: had to be a white person. Yes, that is exactly correct. People suck. We're bad. Humans are not good. No, we are not. Later, he would perform his own shows that included dialect singing. I don't know what that is. Hypnotism, ventriloquism, and magic tricks. And he taught his son all of the magic tricks he knew. William began performing on his own when he was only 14 years old and quickly joined the vaudeville circuit not long after. He performed under a few names during this time, but mainly he was known as Robinson, the man of mystery. But uh, at 14, man of mystery seems generous. (laughs) During this time, he mastered certain illusions and became relatively known. He also started realizing he was better at perfecting the tricks of others than creating his own. In 1887, Robinson realized if he never created his own illusions, he'd never be a headliner. So he did the next best thing. He imitated the headliners himself. First, he began copying the act of German magician Max Auszinger, stage name Ben Ali Bey. So naturally, really? Robinson yeah. mm-hmm. went with the name Ahmed Ben Ali. Yep. Yeah and oh, he completely he basically did Ozinger's entire set like from start to finish but Ozinger never toured the US so his imitation wasn't known until much later all right fair enough yeah and it worked to an extent he performed dark illusions aka he worked on stage in front of a black curtain in a poorly lit room which is what i oh, found yeah, out perfect. black illusions so, like, were <laughs> If so you, you can't, can't see. Super
2: see the magic, then yeah. you're ready to believe it. Yeah, right. This is all giving me Jake Gyllenhaal is the Prince of Persia. This is very something like that. This is this is bad. This is Jim Caviezel is Jesus of Nazareth. This is lots yes. of like whitewash, whitewash casting. Uh huh. at the same yes. time.
0: Agree. That's very much where we are. It's going to get worse. No. After some mild success on his own, and listeners, this is a fascinating tale, so I strongly suggest that you look into this on your own after you're done listening if you'd like. Because I, as I told Kevin Eady, I had to cut out a lot of stuff, but it's such a fascinating tale. After his mild success on his own, Robinson joined magicians Harry Keller and later Alexander Herman as the show's assistants. But it wasn't enough for Robinson. He wanted his own show, his own notoriety, not that gained from being someone's assistant. So in 1896, when Alexander Herman died, he struck out on his own again. And it's important to note that while Robinson still hasn't created any illusions of his own, he is still a particularly talented illusionist in his own right, so he may be copying illusions of other people, but mm-hmm. he is doing it incredibly well cool so he's he's good at it he's like very he's, talented he's very he's talented a singer, but he's not a songwriter exactly he does he does an incredible cover yep yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. In 1898, Chinese magician Ching Ling Fu began mm-hmm. touring the US. Oh my God, that's right. That's right. Edie, do you know this
2: story? Yes. Because there's, I once, when I heard Chung Ling Su, I was like, yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah. And then I got Ching Ling Fu and I was like, yeah. Uh huh.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yup, 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 yup. Well, Ching Ling Fu began touring the US from it's a a Amusing face-off. Planet. He's the cage to trembling Suze Travolta. (laughs) No fucking joke. I know. (laughs) From amusingplanet.com, he stunned the audience by pulling a 15-foot poles from his mouth, beheading his servant boys who then walked off the stage without their head. What? One of his best-known tricks was to produce a huge bowl of water from out of an empty cloth and then pull a small child from the bowl. I don't know. To drum up publicity for his shows, Fu offered a prize of $1,000 to anyone who could successfully duplicate his water bowl illusion. Again, I don't really know what that was, but it was a big deal. Gimmicks like this were actually very common among magicians at the time to drum up just publicity for their own shows. Well, Robinson being the talented illusionist and copycat saw Fu's show a few times and wanted to take up Fu's challenge. But rumor had it that Fu actually believed Robinson was capable of replicating his illusions and didn't want the public in on his tricks. So he refused mm. to see him revoking the challenge publicly. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh no never mind. <laughs> However, there's another version of the story on a few sources that say Fu had offered a similar challenge previously. And when Robinson attempted the challenge, he failed. And it was because he had failed that Fu refused to see him for the new challenge. Ah. Either way, Robinson didn't take the rejection with grace. About two years later, Robinson found that a magician's agent was looking for a Chinese magician to perform in Paris, and Robinson saw his way in to the exploding Chinese magician scene. <laughs> Just who says so you've got to be Chinese enter, to be a Chinese magician? Enter Chung Ling Su. Su. Yes. So this asshole with the whitest name possible—remember William Ellsworth Robinson. <laughs> Came, he became at first Hop Sing Su, but very quickly changed it to Chung Ling Su, a direct ripoff of Ching Ling Fu's name. And he yeah. put on what white people assumed was traditional Chinese attire, mm-hmm. which was yep. long silk robes and white sleeves and a weird little hat. Yep. He pop sh- on a mustache. Shaved- no mustache. He- no mustache.
1: He- no, that would have been over the top.
0: Yeah, that (laughs) would have been crazy that that would have been insensitive that would have been
2: insensitive
0: he shaved all of his facial hair including his fucking eyebrows don't ask because i don't know and he also shaved his hairline to like the crown of his head
1: Mm -hmm. like
0: oh so it's
2: like a tina turner in mad max beyond thunderdome kind of just way back uh hairline
0: yeah way way back like way back and then he attached Like a long, down-to-your-belly-button braided black pony to the back Mm -hmm. of his hair, which I don't know Um, how he did that. Yes, very long, but it's a braided pony. It was a look. He also wore yellow grease paint. Of course he did and had a translator later explain he didn't look like other Chinese people because his father was Scottish and his mother was Cantonese. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Despite being half Scottish, he did not speak English, but he had assistance on that front. His assistant and former lover, Olive Dot Path, or Sui Sin, was in on the scheme and helped keep his identity a secret. Sue's backstory that he created for himself was that he was orphaned at 13 and raised by a Chinese magician labeled, named R. He, A-R-R-H-E-E, okay. I don't know, who taught him his secrets of ancient Chinese magic, which because of his biological heritage, a.k.a. because he was Scottish, he was able to mix flawlessly with modern Western magic. Like, like it's um genetic. Like it's yeah, a genetic yeah, yeah, yeah. gift. Yeah. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Listen, Robinson was right. This was his ticket. It's thing. a real sword. It's a real fifteen-foot pole I'm pulling out of my throat. But he was right. This was his ticket to fame. And it hey, of course took was there's off. no
2: limit to how racist <laughs> no nineteen oh one white audiences
1: were. Oh yeah.
0: He began touring and replicating Ching Ling Fu's set nearly completely, but especially using all of his headline tricks. And he began touring America and then the world. The Western world, anyway. Like Yeah,
2: yeah. Nobody's UK. taking UK.
0: You're not taking that to Shanghai. You can't.
1: Oh, God, no. How dare oh, God, you?
0: No. How dare you? But he also went to Australia and New Zealand and all that. None of this was lost on Qing Ling Fu either. He was very aware that this man was now copying his entire routine. As he gained... Oh, God, this is the best part. As he gained fame, the press wanted interviews. Well, Uh this was a problem since Sue only knew a few English words. Yeah, so he hired an interpreter. (laughs)
2: No, no, Miss, no, 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 Miss,
0: Miss, no. So this man—he's not going to just no. This man was Japanese. And okay. pretended to be his Chinese translator. Now, they were correct mm-hmm. in assuming that white people wouldn't know the difference between Japanese, a Japanese and Chinese person. But mm-hmm. the thing was, the Japanese assistant didn't know Chinese either. And also, Chinese is not a language. Um, I'm assuming they mean Cantonese because they he mean claimed either his mother Cantonese, was Cantonese or Mandarin. Or yeah, Mandarin. They would, they would
2: mean Cantonese.
0: Yeah. I would assume Cantonese. It didn't matter. So, The reporter would ask a question, the Japanese Uh assistant would make up gibberish that sounded like what white people expected Chinese to sound like. No, no. This is like when this is like
2: Alex Jones does a
0: really racist Chinese
2: skit. Yes. Yeah. A racist skit called Fentanyl the Dragon. Oh, God. And he puts on like a weird accent. Of what he thinks that Chinese people sound like, and I think sometimes does a little bit of what he thinks Mandarin language might sound like. This is that.
0: No, this is it. I wrote that it was was middle school fuckery. (laughs) Yeah. So the Japanese man would speak gibberish to Sue. Sue would answer in gibberish back to the Japanese man, and then the Japanese man would quote unquote translate for the press. I just want to be there for one press conference, just to be in the audience, just to see the tomfoolery for myself. I wrote, this is some middle school fuckery right here, but somehow it worked just fine because, oh my God, people are so dumb. I wrote that in all caps. People are so dumb. People are so dumb. And they're not expecting, because they're doing,
2: they're performing what? Right these white audiences are expecting based on you know you don't have what they have been told yeah you don't have you don't have the internet you don't have like real social integration right
0: no not at all
2: you've got plenty of chinese people living in the u.s oh yeah plenty 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 for by this point you know at least decades 50 to 100 years yeah right But, you know, there's not social integration, so you're not really going to know, but you're going to assume and you're going to paint like a picture in your head about what these exotic people are all
0: about. That's that's right. Anyway, this went on for years and it worked just fine. (laughs) In January of 1905, Fu and Sue were both headlining huge shows in London, Fu at the Empire Theater and Sue at the Hippodrome. Now, they were both supposed to be for three-month engagements. <laughs> the shows were completely indistinguishable. And Chingling <laughs> Fu had fucking had it. He knew Sue copied his act and he wanted the public to know he was a fraud. He also knew that Sue was, in fact, not the person he portrayed himself as. So Fu's promoter publicly announced that he could duplicate at least half of Su's illusions and prove that he was the original Chinese conjurer. So Su immediately accepted and agreed to meet Fu at the weekly dispatch, a newspaper for a press conference. The problem though, was that no one gave a shit. if Chung Ling. Su was an imposter. That's Nobody no one in the yeah, public no one in the public no Didn't one in the care. press no one cared <laughs> so
2: these dudes are so furious at each other and it's like double the chinese magicians
0: perfect yeah. and just like glad to know people never change The public realized that Sue's act was as good as, if not better, than Foo's. And it didn't matter if Sue wasn't who he said he was or what tricks he had taken from others so long as they were entertained. Right. And they were entertained. Foo was then forced to withdraw the challenge and was publicly embarrassed. Wow. His run was decreased to just three weeks.
2: You know, somebody's got to come out on top. You know, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to be the Dangerous Liaisons. Somebody's going to be the Valmont. Somebody's going to be the Michael Fassbender, Steve Jobs movie. Somebody's going to be the Ashton Kutcher, Steve Jobs. movie. Right. Right. Somebody's got to come out on top. That's right. Somebody's going to be Deep Impact. Somebody's going to be Armageddon. That's right.
0: (laughs) Sue wasn't questioned again. Instead, he continued to tour and gain fame. We know he toured Australia and New Zealand in 1909. And in 1915, he was filmed for the only time. And he was welcoming World War I soldiers back for a benefit show. And that really brings us back to the beginning with the gun trick, which he stole from Fu. Wait, surprise. Chung Ling Su is Robinson. That was Robinson what? the
2: whole,
0: whole, the, time. whole time. The, the whole time. The whole time. Yes, Sally, the whole time. But there was an inquest into his death and his assistant Dot told all... Quote, after each performance, to avoid expending power and bullets, Sue never unloaded his guns properly. Rather than firing them off or drawing the bullets with a screw rod, as was normal practice, he removed the bullet and powder by dismantling the breeches of the guns. Over time, a residue of unburned gunpowder was able to form in the channel he had made to allow the flash to bypass the barrel and ignite. A blank charge in the tube. Oh, so okay. mm-hmm. wow. so when he wasn't he cleaning performed... his guns out
2: right. So resin over time got to yep. be enough that Filled a up. blank would fire.
0: Yeah. yeah, like exactly. A projectile. Yes. oh, so and Dot's he...
2: just watching all this. Like whatever,
0: whatever. You know, not what I'm you do for. it. That's not that's not my job. Um. Consequently, the bullet was not supposed to fire, was fired anyway, hitting him in the chest. The circumstances of the accident were verified by a gun expert, and it was ruled an accidental with the final verdict of misadventure, end quote. What? Death by misadventure is the best label for death. It really is. And that is the very abbreviated version of William Ellsworth Robinson, fraud, racist, and talented imposter. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love <laughs> that these
2: two magicians were in this like blood feud for years yeah. and nobody
0: gave a nobody
1: fuck. Gave but nobody gave. Nobody cared. Goddamn. As
0: long as they were entertained, nobody cared at all. God. I hate oh, us. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Man. It's not good.
1: What a, what an episode to be. What an
2: episode.
0: <laughs> episode 100. Kev, what how do you feel being the audience member? Oh my God. I just. Did we I, cure your COVID?
1: Uh, no. You may have made it worse because <laughs> now I'm going to be thinking about George Santos all night.
2: I mean, you could have lied. Maybe. You could have lied and said, yeah.
1: And then I'm going to be thinking about how bad white people are that they don't care, you will know, face are an actual Asian person. They're like, eh. No, he looks white Six as hell. One.
0: Like, if you Yellow look at up.
1: grease pants. Good like, lord. So, yeah, this is a, a... Scottish man. This is a wild episode, but it's full of grifters. And I love that we have the triple T moment. Yes,
0: triple oh, T.
1: Triple T for episode 100. It, uh, we wouldn't have had it any other way. But we don't even no. plan for it, so how could we have we had it? We don't. No,
0: Honestly, when you were introducing George, I honestly got scared for a second that you were going into my story <laughs> because you just kept going on. And I was just like, oh God, next she's going to say he's a magician. And I'm like, oh God.
2: <laughs> well, you know, George Santos, says he's weaves some magic in our lives.
1: Oh, fuck. Oh, well, that was such a great episode. Thank you both for telling your stories. I loved them. But Miss, if a listener wants to reach out to us, to let us know if they have ever used taxpayer-funded money to buy Ozembic. <laughs>
0: um,
1: where could they find us?
0: You can find us on Instagram at Creepy Inquiries Pod, or you could shoot us an email at pod at gmail.com. If you're interested in our sources, please head over to Pod com We update those weekly. And then if you've got a minute, we'd really appreciate it if you could go to Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening right now and give us a cute little rate and review. If you haven't already, it, we really appreciate it and it really helps us out. Five stars or I'm just going to find
2: your credit card information and make lots of unauthorized charges. <laughs>
1: I'm going to take your checkbook and make them out for $199.99 and in the memo, just write puppies.
2: Puppies! Puppies. (laughs) It's very Jerry Springer paying a sex worker by check in the Uh early 80s (laughs) and writing on the memo line for services rendered.
1: Oh my god!
2: Are oh, so I love cool. that story, listener! Thank you oh, so much for joining us on this episode 100, which I must repeat is the Henry Kissinger-aged episode. Who is still <sighs> on. must have
1: you? I know TikTok, mm-hmm. TikTok. fucking. And until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.